Today on the show, Laura sits down her partner, Danny, to discuss her small fetish for cops and firemen. I wouldn't, like, go and run away with a cop or a fireman. I don't necessarily I want to have sex so. with one either. I, I just like the, I like the fact that these, like, dinosaurs roam the earth. The idea that you would run away with a cop didn't enter my mind until just now when you denied it. <laughs> but what's the fetish all about? It's fundamentally irrational. But it's the way that I live my life. <laughs> There's a billboard clip for you. Yep, that's it. Now it's an active fear of mine that you're going to go away with a cop. How would I get in touch with a cop, though? Like, uh... 911. <laughs> that's not how it would work. Everyone has every cop's number. In this episode, I give up my bias against my happy couple friends. And we'll hear them talk about sex and death and all that fun stuff. So stay with us. My heart is beating. I'm Andreas Lenzi, and this is Why a Why. The other night, I was standing outside of a bar in downtown Jersey City. I was hanging out with some of my fellow lady DJs here at WFMU. We'd had a few drinks. We were feeling bold. I just want to hang out with my friends because they're amazing. And like, like getting romantically involved is just always shitty for everyone. And like, being friends is fun. So let's just yeah. Why are we gonna dump our time into something that's not improving anything about our lives except for having a sex life? You know, I really see that's the thing. Having a sex life is important. It is important. It's, it's very healthy. It's healthy. But it's okay to be like a dove and want it to be with only one person. Right. No, I think that's totally true. I don't. I'm not really interested in a bunch of random hookups. Maybe I'll do like one or two. <laughs> yeah, I recently just got really angry that like that I went through my 20s with like I could have had so much more sex in my 20s. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. But oh my god. Could you? But, but you? guys have these weird hangups or they treat you badly. Like if I just yeah. had like solid, yeah. nice, good communicating friends. Good communication. Or, communication is everything. We should have had, I just, I feel like it's guys' faults that I didn't have more sex in my 20s, and they're almost over, and I'm, oh my god, I'm so with you. Men are also I'm almost so over. Like, we kind of deserve it all the we time. We all deserve it. Our bodies are only going to be this great for a certain amount Oh, I think about that all the time. Right? You're like, my body's I'm awesome like, right my now. my boobs are so good. I know. I'm the only one seeing them right now. And, and all that cute underwear, and, and all the cute, all the cute underwear. I know. All the cute underwear. All the cute underwear that all nobody the, sees. That's me with DJs Faith and Stashu. You can check out their shows. I have links to them all up at yoyradio.com. This episode is all about listening in on intimate moments. America has a huge intimacy problem. And that is not going to be solved by Viagra or any corporate pill or whatever the hell people want to talk about. There's an intimacy issue, and there's this, and there's something to be said for raw authenticity and emotional vulnerability. And I think that's where we're going with this. That's what's going to fix all this. I want you to really focus in on the closeness that can happen between people. For our next conversation, let's head to a five-inch pillow top mattress with my friend Audrey. I'm enjoying a pillow top mattress. Okay, okay, we're in on my ill-advised pillow top mattress. But this isn't pillow talk. We're going to be talking about what she wants to have happen when she dies. This is something that had come across my mind last fall, and I'd kind of been thinking about it for a while. And um, two things I guess you should know to introduce this tape is... Well, I guess one, I was nervous and I knew that this is not a fan of being recorded. He like kind of feels like you're stealing his soul. Uh, two, that I thought the perfect moment to finally do it was when we were both plaster drunk. As you'll hear, mainly me being <laughs> plaster drunk. Um, so, so hence that. Well, something I like is that you start off really drunk and then the seriousness of the conversation kind of sobers you both. 
yeah i think i think as we got going we were like oh let's actually be a little more real about this but i definitely did not start out that way That's really nice. Thanks. Can I tell you my scheme? Should I point it at you? What? Sure. Okay. You okay. Sit on that. Okay. So I had this scheme. What's your scheme? Okay. So my scheme is that if I die, I should get cremated, right? And then you should hold a potluck. And then... Everybody who comes brings a dish, but it has like a little bit of my ashes in it, so then everybody eats me. Wouldn't that be great? Why do you have to get cremated first? Well, you want everybody to just eat me? <laughs> What's the difference? It's so different. <laughs> you just want to. Maybe we could just uh, get a salt shaker or uh-huh. pepper shaker. Uh huh. Just take the pepper out, put your ashes in there. Do you think that'd be better? No one would ever know. No, but wouldn't it be better if it was in the food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. On but top of the food? No, like, like in cooked the in the food. Why is cooked in the food better than put on top of the cooked food? Well, these like people wouldn't have to see it. It just sounds nice. And then if you like my final wish for you to host a dinner party. I wouldn't do it. No. Well, you you wouldn't be there to to do it. You would do it. I wouldn't do it. You would do it. Even if it was my last wish. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it was your last wish. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't do it. It's terrible. There's no, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Why not? You would do it. I would not. Why? Because it's... Not my, it's not even my, it's not any of my wishes. I don't want to <laughs> But do it's that. my wish. Don't, don't care. <laughs> you could, but maybe you should just like cut out a little bit of you off now and cremate it and feed it to your friends. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah, it's really, it's totally it's But gross. I think it sounds really nice. Like if I died and then all of my friends <laughs> could see like a little piece of me. Everyone would be like, I'm so sad that Audrey died. <laughs> and then they would be like, wait, no, I'm more sad that now I have to eat her burnt flesh. <laughs> and my heart. What about you? They would eat my heart too. How would they even know? No one would know. I don't how, do, know. how would they know what part they got? They'd be like, I don't know, wouldn't like a dinner party in your honor, like a potluck dinner party in your honor be like the ultimate tribute? Maybe every it's potluck, so maybe everybody should bring a little bit of, of themselves burnt up. No, it's about me. <laughs> well, then it shouldn't be a potluck, should it? What do you mean? Well, well I don't know. I looked up on the internet. And it was like, can you eat someone's ashes? And some people are into it. Who's into it? I don't know. Some people are The Pope? (laughs) Not the new Pope, the old Pope. (laughs) No, like some people on Yahoo forums were into it. They were like, I take a little bite of my husband's ashes. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like you get bored and they're there. That's different. It's totally different. You're like bored and they're there. It's different. You're well, like, okay. I wonder what it tastes like. And it just tastes like ashes. And but you're like, you just duh. Keep, you just keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're done. Now we're really done. You win. I wasn't going to do this, and I did it, and you got it. So you can stop now because you win. You did it. We did it. We did it. You're done. Turn it off. You want your takeaway moment? Takeaway moment is... Don't eat people. (laughs) What else are you going to do with ashes? You just throw them away. It sounds so nice. Dinner party. You could condense them and blast them into outer space. Yeah, throw them away. And then... Far in the future, when there's an alien race that loves to eat ashes, they could just find them all and eat that up. 
Yeah, they can. Why do I want some aliens to eat me? I want my friends to eat me. Yeah, but do they want to eat you? And the answer is no. Nobody wants to eat your ashes, Audrey. I guess this, this probably comes down to like stuff with a partner where there's like, there's just things that at some point you're like, you're not going to like asking someone to do that would be like asking them to change who they are. Really asking Bruce to hold a dinner party. Like, I'm asking him to not be Bruce. Even like aside from celebrating me as a dead person, like sentimentality aside, it wouldn't happen. And like, I wouldn't want to ask that of him. How did you meet Bruce? We met through mutual friends going to a music festival, this Capitol Hill block party in Seattle. And I, I remember like pulling my, a girlfriend of mine aside and being like, who's that guy? Like, is he single? And she was, she was like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dibs. <laughs> you said dibs. I said dibs. Well, they say you know. Yeah, he was really great. Yeah, he was really great. And that, that was it. Would this conversation with him have been possible if you didn't see a serious future together? No, because I feel like there's like, actually, discussion of being old is like a gateway conversation. I feel like you can talk about like, oh, well, we do this together when we're old. And like, there's some like seriousness implied, but it's like less direct. I just like the thing that I miss. I've been thinking a lot about like, do I want to like, I would like a boyfriend again someday. Like I haven't had one for a really long time, but I keep on getting these like little tastes of things that are like, oh, that would be so nice in my life. I was in bed with the guy I'm dating and he said, hey, do you mind if I read a little bit before we go to sleep? And he took out a book and I got to fall asleep listening to Paige's turn. That like, oh. that like gentle, like soft page turn sound. It's like, if you just hook up with guys, you never hear a book in bed. Mm-hmm. They're like no books if you're just like keeping things casual with people. Um, so I feel like there's kinds of intimacy that single people are left out of that like coupled people get to kind of explore all the weirdness of. So when I hear you and Bruce having this moment, it's so beautiful to me because I hear this, this kind of intimacy that can only come from like long, long friendship. Yeah. It's funny how you're kind of comparing like single versus together people. He and I have actually been talking about this recently, at least I've been thinking about it a lot and I brought it up with him is how, um, because bizarrely we met at a fairly young age and we've been together like the last five and a half years, we kind of skipped online dating and we like both, like we talk about like being jealous of our friends who like who get to experience this whole new world that like we never experience as single people. Like it's so fascinating. Well, you guys should both sign up for Tinder just for fun. No way. Like that sounds like a... No, no, no. Do it together. No. Because you know what? It's so fun to just go nope, 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 and just say no all day long. And it's like you're constantly saying yes to what you have. I don't know what I was thinking when I gave her that advice. That is not real advice that you should give anyone. Though I'm curious if other couples feel this way or have tried something like this. Send me an email, andrea at freemusicarchive.org. Could you give me the exact terms for your dinner party? Like how, what exactly you want to make sure happens? It would be like celebration of Audrey's life. I guess I, I would leave the I'd leave the guest list up to Bruce, whoever he felt was necessary. And I guess they'd have to get mailed, like a little baggie of my ashes ahead of time. I don't know, getting stuff from UPS is so annoying. I don't know how I would make sure that happened. Um, but they'd get they somehow they would all get a little bit of my ashes, and they'd all be told to bring something. I don't know. My friends love to bring stuff to dinner parties. They'd have to cook it, like, they have to cook it ahead of time. Like, that would be, like, I think that'd be funny. Like, oh, my God, guys, we're cooking with Audrey. Ew, gross, and spilled a little bit. Like, <laughs> like, at, like okay, give me pit. some examples of dishes <laughs> where the ashes don't ruin them. Um, I don't know, lasagna, soup. soup. I think it had to be, like, a thick soup. There's got to be some way you can incorporate them in a kale salad. 
<laughs> like in the dressing, like a tah- thick tahini dressing. Like a thick tahini dressing. And you maybe you could put some crunchy nuts in there, kind of cover up any texture issues. I think the room should be dimly lit. Oh, definitely. Lots of candles. Um, maybe some kind of scent in case you have to cover the ashes smell. <laughs> I just think I could be like one last meal together and then like I wouldn't just be floating out somewhere. I'd be in their bodies for a little bit. Yeah, it's enough. Yeah. Is it about the actual ingesting of you or is it just that everyone has to sit around and think about you for a night? Like really deeply think about you. Oh, no, it's the ingesting. I I think maybe one thing it touches on is like this fear of like of your body just going away like when you die like that's a really to me that's a really scary fear like like I know it's my body you know I know whatever just flesh but it's still yeah just the idea of of your body either being in the ground or just floating off and people accidentally dropping bits of you like it's it's disconcerting and for some reason it seems like way more like wholesome to me to just like go back into my friends bodies Before we move on to our next couple, let's hear another serious chat between seven-year-old Lewis and his babysitter, Maya. She wants to know, what's the point of being in love? What do you think the point of being in love is? I don't know. Why would you even ask me that? Why did you even bring this? Is there even a point to anything like that? No, there's no point to life. And why, and why would you ask me? That makes no sense. Ask, ask like a hamster or something. They can't talk. But this question is just like, what should I do with my life? I mean. <laughs> yeah, that is perhaps not a question you can ask anyone. It's just like that complicated of a question. I just hear bleep, bloop, blap, bleep, bleep, bloop, blap. Maya is logging more moments like this at soundcloud.com slash sitter dispatch. Now let's head to the living room with my friends Laura and Danny. As a person, I'm pretty clear in like my interests and what I want. And then I am interested in those things and I go and get them. And I think that's good. And maybe this is dumb youth luck that's speaking here, but pretty happy with the way a lot of things in my life have rolled out. And not to say that I'm unhappy sexually, but I think that like people who are really into one specific fetish or are really involved in a fetish community or have like fetish pals or whatever, like that is like such a, you know, strong hobby that leads to like known levels of satisfaction. You have a, you have a North Star in terms of career Mm -hmm. and in terms of how the television you watch. And my personal life. And your personal life, but you don't have a sexual North Star. Yeah, but that's not to say that... I mean, I think everything gets satisfied. But if I were, like, really into, like, whips or something, or, like, I don't know, uh, uh, bronies. Right, bronies, yeah. um, Or furries. You'd have a very specific itch that you can scratch whenever you need to scratch the itch. exactly. And I could read about other people scratching that itch. I could go and like make friends with those people scratching that itch. I think you know. I think the one thing you might have a little bit off here is that is the idea that you could actually scratch the itch because it's. I feel like fetishes are always a metaphor for something else. Sure. Like they're always standing in for something just beyond the thing that the person thinks that they are. What do you mean? 
I mean, I, I go by the Dan Savage fetish theory, which is that you're somewhere between 9 and 13 years old. You are at the moment just before you hit puberty, and you either see something while, like, going by on a school bus or you're watching television or something you see some little image and that thing just sparks off for the very Mm -hmm. first time any sense of sexuality Mm -hmm. and your mind claws onto that assuming that that must be what sex is because that's what did it and if you're really lucky then that thing is like like if you're a heterosexual male you see like a set of boobs and you're like Oh, okay, that's what sex is about. A set of boobs and a, a female body. And, and you're lucky because that's a thing that you can more or less fulfill. Like, that's that correlates with what sex is in general. Uh, or if you're gay, you see, like, a man's body. Or if you're a woman, a heterosexual, whatever it is that you're into. If you, if you happen to see the thing that corresponds with the usual, like, embodied sexual partner... Mm-hmm. They, like, you have a fetish for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the case where we, we find ourselves in. However, I have not thought about it that way, which is a rational way. And I've been thinking about things that I may could I maybe could develop into fetishes. You're trying to cultivate a fetish? <laughs> trying to cultivate a fetish. And a good example of this is uh, when I was a kid, especially, when I'd be, like, watching TV and they'd have, like, these make-out scenes between people, like two characters in a sitcom would be like, uh, like, will they or won't they for a few episodes, and then they'd make out. Um, I always wanted this to happen with the X-Files. It didn't happen, but I remember... Yeah, everybody did. Yeah. And they did. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I guess that's getting aside from the did point. Did you see the movie? No. They had sex in the movie. Really? I think so. They definitely kissed in the movie. I'm pretty sure they had sex in the movie, and I'm pretty sure the series ends with them together sexually. Well, that's good. Yeah, so... You just didn't follow it through. <laughs> I guess I didn't follow through. But I remember when I was a kid watching these sitcoms and they'd show like the people making out with each other. And there'd be like, um, I remember a couple of times where they're like the male character in this would be wearing a watch and they do the thing where, and I don't know if this is like an acting trick where they'd like have to put hands on the face or whatever because no one's tongue is actually going into anyone's tongue or whatever. But it like looks very, you know, uh, mechanical and like frenzied and physical. And I remember when I was a kid associating with the band of a man's watch as being like very hot. But like nothing that like really does it for me, but like actively now, but I, I do think that's attractive. And I didn't, and I've, you know, see people with watches and like, you know, not a lot of people wear watches these days. So I'm like a, I'm like a sheep in the desert or something. Uh, No one wears watches these days. So that when I see someone who's wearing a watch, like your watch, your pebble watch. Yeah, you know, that's because I I don't think I was wearing a watch on our first date though. No. I think I. No, I remember you weren't wearing a watch. I don't think I was. You didn't start wearing But maybe you detected I'm a general watch wearer. Yeah, you seem like a watch wearer. Because I wore a watch for years and then I got rid of my watch and then I missed my watch so I got another watch mm-hmm. but you you found me in that vacuum right. of watch wearing right I somehow found you so maybe you knew maybe maybe you saw there was like some some you like farmer's tan yeah there's a small farmer's tan some permanent little watch farmer's tan you're like oh, okay and the other thing with the watch is aside from just like the appearance of it like a person wearing a watch especially nowadays is making a statement that they care about time and they're on a schedule and they have stuff to do. But that watch thing, your watch story corresponds with the the metaphor. Right. Well, but then but it doesn't it it does it isn't that like deep it isn't that like baked into me. Like I would I remember and I don't know if this is bringing up uh, too much TMI stuff, but I when I told you about the watch thing and you were like, "Oh, I'm sure there's pornography with Oh yeah, people playing wa- wearing yeah. watches, and we couldn't find any. Well, I found a lot. I, I found a good amount of women wearing watches. I found, I found it very hard to find men wearing watches. But there were women wearing watches. I found before? some. Yeah, so that's a genre. It's a it's a sub 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 genre, but it's a <laughs> it's more like a tag. It's okay. like a thing you can tag your video as. It's like, it's like also watch. contains a watch. watch. <laughs> <laughs> like they probably do stuff like there's a. 
there's a fishing hook somewhere in the background. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just like, tag everything just in case. All the porn metadata. Yeah. Just like, oh. Or maybe it's not even done by them. It's done by those people who are, like, work for the porn companies and have to do keywords. And yeah. Oh, I almost applied for it. So, a few years ago, I was looking for a copywriting job. Just yeah. any copywriting job. Anything where I could write words for a living and i went on craigslist and they I, I saw a job like that like you would just watch porn all day and your job is just to give it a title describe it and put it in the metadata i didn't i, didn't, do, I didn't want to ruin sex and porn for myself yeah well i'm glad you didn't do that you would definitely not be a watch wearing sort of sort i wouldn't I, be, I don't know what i would be at this point I my life would be totally different and sorted yeah well i'm glad that didn't happen but we couldn't find watch porn. That's all to say. So we made our own. Go to watchporn.net. <laughs> yeah, also it's really hard to Google. Yeah, all right, because you're you're contending with you have to put in wristwatch. But then you know but then a lot of people wouldn't call it wristwatch. So you're missing out on this whole treasure trove. <laughs> Timepiece. Time, time, uh, <laughs> you can't do anything with the word pocket either. I don't like pocket watches, but you couldn't do pocket watch either. Right. So it's like watch pockets. It's like if you wanted to watch porn where people had mobile phones in their hands. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, my God. Or had like YouTube on in the background. Yeah. Or, uh, or porn of people pretending to videotape the porn, the sex that they're currently having. Right, like video of porn yeah. porn. Yeah, Oh, I'm sure that there's so much of that that exists. Um, so yeah, there's the watch thing. Also, today we were in the grocery store and uh, we, there were like all of these firemen in there. Like these like really like tall like tree trunk men who were talking with such a thick um, New York accent that I thought they were speaking in a different language. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> which, uh, which is originally why I noticed them. But I do have a little bit of a thing for cops and firemen. Yeah, so on, I reminded Laura of this on the way out. Because on the way out, Laura was like, oof, those firemen. And I was like, okay, well, great. I don't remember the last time you said, woof, you. Well, it's thank implicit. you. But so she said, woof. Fireman. I didn't say woof. What something like that? Like, oh, like no, right? You're right. It was more guttural and organic and like deeply orgasmic than just woof. Um, uh, so I reminded her that on on our very our second date. So there was we went on one date. Well, I, for, I stalked Laura for a year online, and then we went on one date, and then in that week, be, and then there was a week between our first and second date, and in the week between our first and second date. I did. I knew that we got along well. I didn't know if Laura liked me, and if she wanted, if, if she wanted to be, if she wanted to be romantic, or if it was just like, okay, great, I have a nice new friend. And so we were setting up our second date, and I was asking everybody I know, like, where should I take her? Where should I take her? And they and they suggested this this restaurant, and I told Laura, and she was like, oh, that's great. That's right next to a police department. Maybe there'll be some cops there. I could spy some... I could look at some cops during our dinner. I was like, okay, great. So there's, there's the answer to that question. She has no desire in even looking at me during... Even paying attention to me during so the date. you know that. I paid attention to you during that date. Well, you did, and there were no cops there. I, I'm afraid to know what would have happened if there had been cops there. I would have said woof or oof. Look at that copy. There's one thing you can't... I've never hid the way I go about doing things with you. I've always been very, like, sincerely myself. It's true. <laughs> Maybe I should pull some of the, the punches with the cops, though. I wouldn't, like, go and run away with a cop or a fireman. And I don't necessarily I want to have so. sex with one, either. I, I just think... like the, I like the fact that these, like, dinosaurs roam the earth. <laughs> the idea that you would run away with a cop didn't enter my mind until just now when you denied it. <laughs> Now it's an active fear of mine. They're going to go away with a cop. How would I get in touch with a cop, though? Like, uh, 911. <laughs> no, that's not how it would work. Everyone has every cop's number. <laughs> no, you. That's... If only there was some kind of public way of getting in touch with police officers, firemen, and paramedics. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. 
because <laughs> uh, I was thinking the the real way that I would get in touch with a cop would be like based on some like low level narking in the neighborhood. Narking. <laughs> yeah, like like remember when we adopt Lulu, adopted Lulu our cat? There was uh we so we went to this like crazy cat lady's house who it was like the dawn of adoptions in some part of Brooklyn. But and she had the nicest home she, oh, I've was, ever no, seen it was beautiful. in Brooklyn. But she was like, I mean, she she's she was a, like a lifelong like professional cat lady, and I was she, her house didn't. I just want to defend her because like <laughs> she had the like you say cat lady, you expect cat furniture, you yeah. expect like you she's that not all she had. The only animal in her apartment was the most beautiful white like polar bear dog I've yeah. ever seen in my life, right. and. Just a gorgeous apartment. Right. Well, I also had Go some on. like weird, <laughs> I had some weird email interactions with her where she talked about someone who would sign off an email as woof or meow or yeah. something. But um, so we get there, we had to like sign some forms before we picked up Lulu at the foster parents' house, and I was like nervous and trying to make conversation, and um, she was like printing stuff out for us to sign, and I said, oh, you know, there are all these feral cats in the in the yard next door to us and i think one of them's pregnant and she like looked at me and was like you have to get that cat spayed like give me the number or we'll come over there with a trap <laughs> like all this stuff and then i didn't and then i i was like oh and then i didn't follow up on that and she was trying to get like a police person and like traps and stuff there. This is your way. I just realized, I just remembered how this started. This is your way of getting with a cop? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the kind of situation with which I would have personal uh, dealings with a cop. So I this didn't. crazy. <laughs> hey again. We've been listening to my friends Laura and Danny talking about their fetishes. I think this all ties into being, like, pretty high-strung and rule-following and you know the cops and the firemen are presented to you as when you're a child on as being these like specters of the community who are going to keep things in line and they wear uniforms and you can tell who they are all the time and there are these like people apart from us and i think that that uh and untouchable because of you don't want them to touch you like you don't want anything to do with them really unless you're in trouble but you don't want to be in trouble. So also, you so you never want to deal with a cop. But you kind of do want to be in trouble. You kind of do want to be in trouble. Because then you get an opportunity to deal with a cop. So that's what it's about. But wait, but on some level, I'm sure it's I'm sure it never really leaves you. Even if you're not on the forums, I'm sure on some level, it might go through your head sometimes, oh, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be some aspect of it that's still present for you. Yeah. I mean... I guess in, like, the... I also have this fear that I'm going to end up in prison at some point in my life. But also kind of you want to. No, I don't want to go to prison. Uh, It'd be like a white-collar crime, something boring. Um, But no, I think about this a lot, because it's... As someone who spends a lot of time uh, following rules and creating some level of a formula for... It's just all a control thing. All of this is a control thing. The watch is a control thing. Yeah. My love of firemen and cops control thing. Yeah. And in terms of the watch, it's sort of like the idea of being with someone who is in control of something that is fundamentally not in your control, which is the time and space and time passing. And it's like a totally irrational way. Like, it's fundamentally irrational. But it's the way that I live my life. <laughs> There's a billboard clip for you. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, no. I, I already heard it back then. So There's something about, um, I don't remember. I wish there was a phone number where I could call. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> That night they broke up. <laughs> she left him immediately. It's sort of like chat roulette. You never know which cop you're going to get. That's true. Can end up with one of those famous frumpy cops. <laughs> one of them donut numbers. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, would you guys ever take this so far as, as a costume? That seems like, see, okay, that's, I think that gets to the heart of what I mean with this, like, 
uh, let's call it the fetish wink. It's like you're it, there's a giant wink involved, and any kind of healthy sex that veers into weird places always has this wink, where it's like, well, we're gonna we can chain each other up in the basement, but wink, wink. If I say that word, you get me the fuck out of these chains. <laughs> you don't chain me up for real. I think I'd be less interested though in a cop costume than I would be in like someone sitting down with a clipboard talking about like violations. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's not you know like like uh, say those say the fire people the firemen they're both their men uh, who are at the you know the grocery store today were there because they were checking out like a faulty right. sprinkler or something. So you want you want a fireman like some person might have a, a, a this fantasy that a fireman comes in and saves them from a fire and then oops we fall on the grass and yeah. no we're rolling around but you want it to be like ma'am uh there's your carbon dioxide detector is <laughs> faulty and uh we'll fine you a hundred dollars if you don't replace the batteries in two weeks you're gonna have to get that fixed good day yeah that's much more appealing to me. What's so great about fetishes is they go so deep. I asked Laura if she's ever noticed a connection to her real life. If I were to get caught for doing something fundamentally very wrong and got like in trouble for it, it would be terrible. I'd be upset, but I think there'd be something satisfying about it. See, actually, I think that I think this is making the whole thing a lot clearer because I have that dread too that that suddenly, sometime very soon something that I did is going to be discovered. Like some little thing is going to be discovered and it's going to make everything unravel. And, it's, and I'm going to be taking the task in this completely unbearable way and it's going to be the end of everything that I like about my life. I mean, I think it's somewhat similar to what you were describing. I might be describing it in pre-apocalyptic terms. but mm-hmm. um, So, I mean, if if it's happening in a sexual domain, then that's a place where you can have... I think a lot of times people will do things sexually because it's a way of controlling the outcome of this. Like, you know, it's going to be a basically pleasant experience if you trust the other person. And so it's a way of controlling the thing. Mm -hmm. So like you would be relieved if it happened in real life because there's no way it would ever be as bad in real life, but even better if you can do it in a sexual way, because then it's like, okay, well I know how this is going to end and it's going to be good for me. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. Like, the thing I was saying before of, like, you could see... Maybe your first sexual experience is you see a basketball hoop that looks like a vagina. And so you're like, oh, I like, I like basketball. I like basketball in a sexual way. Or you see, like, the first the first boob or something that does it for you. So I feel like I got, a, I got like, a boob fetish. But that that's not a fetish because I like boobs. And that's... It means <laughs> like that's it. And that's me. Yeah. I'm... I like boobs, damn it. <laughs> you keep on trying to Google it and it's working. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is everywhere. <laughs> like I keep trying to pigeonhole myself into having some kind of weird thing. It's... I did always want to have like, <laughs> I always wish that I like, I think I had this desire to have like I was I was always jealous that gay people could just come out as gay because then I had this idea that like all of your troubles would go away after you after you come out but life just doesn't work that way it's just like no you keep living and it's like oh most of my troubles like troubles are portable they just come with Mm -hmm. you like you could say I think you do the same thing it's like all my problems have to do with I live in Portland and then you spend 10 years trying to get out of Portland and you finally leave Portland and for a while you're like wow I've really done it I've left Portland and this, my life actually is great and then a year later it's like oh it's the same I still hate all the same things I used to hate like my life is slightly better now that I'm not in Portland mm-hmm. there's something that terrifies me which is we've always been told we're going to go through some kind of like sexual peak as women yeah. Um, and I, I've heard every age from like 27 to 32, it's like supposed to be maybe 33, 34. I don't know. It's supposed to be around our thirties. Um, and I am so terrified that 
yeah, it's it's a scary thing to think about that something could change there really dramatically and maybe I'll be single when it happens. That's scary. The other scary thing is maybe a new fetish will get dug up somehow if I'm going through that kind of discovery. Yeah. Well, that's, is that scary to have the fetish dug up? I mean, what if it turns out to be something unrealizable in like a dramatic way? Mm -hmm. um, I, I can't, I even used it in my show. I'm obsessed with the Savage Love Call where this woman said, my husband has a pie fetish and it is so messy, but it's really fun um, that I just, I don't want to wake up with a pie fetish because that seems like a lot of work. It could be a lot worse than a pie fetish though. Yeah. What would be the worst fetish? There's that one where you're, where you want, uh, your body or the other person's body to grow in parts. Oh yeah, that one seems really difficult because you need you need to spend like a lot of money to even get like a crappy version of that. Yeah, yeah. Wanting to be eaten or swallowed whole. Yes, that's a bad one. That's bad. That's like a road to cannibalism. Yeah, you can get the cops involved. <laughs> yeah, uh, cannibalism. I think anything having to do with being suddenly very attracted to uh, people on either end of the age continuum, like old. I think you're good if you're old. If you if you no, want to have sex with old people, you're you, really in what business. What I meant there, no, no, because you can't take them out to dinner. Yeah, if you woke up at 30... <laughs> I mean, maybe you can. You just, can. You just lie and say they're grandma. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> or you just suck it up and like... Tell the world I'm here. I like old people. Get used to it. Yeah. But like, yeah, if you woke up and you, one day and you like decided like, yeah, I'm really into like dudes in their eighties. I uh, think that would be great. It's like, it's like one day you wake up and you realize like you have a money printer in your house. Oh, no. Like you're, you're just like your no. options expand rapidly. Wait, ugh. So here, here's the question. My last question for you guys is at this moment where you're having a very candid conversation, keeping in mind that it's recorded for the radio and I'm in the room about your fetishes. Is there something that you're holding back that you might reveal to the other person in the next five years? And you can just say if it's there or not, but you don't have to say what it is. We've been, I mean, I've been very honest with you. Yeah. I think it's at the point where it's more like something that I'm so, it, it would have to be something I, that I'm so embarrassed by that I haven't even thought to have the thought because I think the thought would be so impossible mm -hmm. to get out. But I feel like I've, I feel like I've told you all this stuff. Yeah, me too. With you. The only thing be, oh, you know what? This actually answers your last question too. The only thing I'd be afraid to tell you that I wanted is to poop on you. Right. But you've told me that you'd be afraid to tell me that you wanted to poop on me. Yeah, so, like, I'm glad I don't want to poop on you because, like, I don't know how I'd ever get that out. And I also, that that's, yeah, like, the, that's one of the time. last fetishes you want to wake up with at your sexual peak and be yeah, like, I, I, I certainly don't want to wake up with that. Yeah, ding, I want to <laughs> poop on people, ding. That said, you could do it if you wanted to. We just have to, we'd have to set some rules. That's very nice. <laughs> that is GGG. That isn't GGG, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Aw, that's so sweet that you guys are there. Where it's like all out there. Yeah. Or at least all buried so, so deep, deep that yeah. you'll never get the to sludge. it. And but it all came out that I think we had like a like April, May was like a big couple of months. Yeah, we had like, like a we had a like the series. floodgates opened. We had a for series a of, of months. But you know what? No, but you describe it that way and it sounds kinda like we had one conversation and then no. that was it and no, don't no, no, talk no. about it. No, anymore. no, no, that's not how it works. But it ended up being just this commitment to having very uncomfortable conversations. Mm -hmm. yeah. Again and again forever. Yeah. That's the that's the state of our relationship. Very uncomfortable conversations forever and ever. No, it's and like, also joy. It's like really good no, normal stuff and yeah. then every once in a while there's just gonna be a very uncomfortable conversation <laughs> and it might be about forks or it might be about your deepest target secrets or it might, you never know what it's going to be about but i feel like that's carrying us through yeah yeah that what you guys have is kind of my dream for a partner in a lot of ways is that like i think the, the ultimate thing i'm looking for is someone who i never know what they're going to say next and like they say this thing and you're like, I didn't even know that anyone ever, you know, would say that or think that or like I couldn't predict that that's where our conversation would go right now. So I feel like you guys have a dynamic that's constantly delighting the other with the other person's brain and like creativity and personality. And it's 
It's really yeah, fun to watch. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of, but it takes kind of like on, it takes kind of like a fugue form where it's not like, <laughs> like I don't expect, it's rare that Laura will say something and I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> but it's more like, oh, that's a nice variation on that theme. <laughs> It's like Bach. It's like, you know, if Bach suddenly brought out an electric guitar, you'd be like, oh, Bach. Wow, that's legitimately surprising, Bach. But since it's in this structure that basically has rules and things, it has like a grammar. It's like, good, that's a good play. Yeah, ditto. No, I feel the same way. I mean, I felt that way after our first date. Because I remember... Uh, so we had this we had this date where Danny had been asking me out for a while uh but I had been blowing him off and then we went out on a date and we had this like we had some drinks at this bar actually it's down the street from this apartment and after I got home I remember thinking to myself yeah I like sort of never want to stop hanging out with him and we basically haven't since yeah we basically saw each other five times a week since and then moved in together and that's that I guess I got a good sense from that first date yeah a, the, a realistic sense for how we would talk to each other because there was there's been that energy from the beginning yeah and we've just been building we were talking about it this morning like i i wouldn't i wouldn't go into any details on this but we have a whole rich world of characters including our cats and we have <laughs> and including alter egos and, yeah. and we keep just building a it's like a a play that just goes yeah. on and on uh in a totally <laughs> In a very like I do feel like the cats have the personalities that we endow yeah. them with, even though they're based on nothing yeah. having to do with them. But it does it feels real because it's almost like a kind of like shared psychosis because it's mm-hmm. like here's a person who who I fall asleep with and wake up next to, and she's confirming the same reality that we're making up together. So it's like, it does feel very real. That's sort of like the way that a relationship is, too. Yeah. You end up confirming, there's a lot of confirmation, and I, like that can be a confirmation of some really dark, yeah. terrible things, or it can be a life-affirming good mm-hmm. confirmation. Yeah. You guys have to follow these two on Twitter because they are constantly cracking me up. They're always pulling back interesting layers of the internet. Plus, cat pics. Laura is LR Mayer and Danny is at Dan Blondell with two L's. Danny also does an occasional newsletter called Good Morning at goodmorning.com with four O's. All of these links are up now, yyradio.com. Did you guys catch that thing he said at the end? I wouldn't go into any details on this, but we have a whole rich world of characters, including our cats, and we have, and including alter egos, and, yeah. and we keep just building a play. It's like a, a play. Wow. Before we wrap up the show, let me hit you with some more Hollywood. She was our guest from last week's show. She says we're all looking for intimacy. We just don't know how to go about it. The hookup culture to me, I, I and I and I know this is totally normative and this is not based on my research, but I think the hookup culture comes from this whole paralysis of emotion where people have to get so drunk to even talk to each other about anything, least of all their sexuality, um, that they sort of, um, it kind of creates this to- toxic culture. I mean, don't... Okay, again, to just play devil's advocate and just like imagine where where hookup culture could go. Cause I don't really like it either, but in so many ways I would love myself if I were like this all loving, totally self-confident person who could like date multiple people at the same time and not get jealous when like people I like were sleeping around with other people. Like in some weird way, do you think that it could develop into something more evolved like that where we are having these deep intimate conversations with everybody and we're all making love to everybody and like it's all well and beautiful and it doesn't necessarily have to be like you have your person who you talk to yes yes actually i do um yes to answer your question with a a definitive yes yes i mean but that's not what the hookup culture on college campuses is about 
absolutely not which is why i'm such like if that was what it was about if like people were having like deep intimate conversations until four in the morning and they like had some kind of weird orgy to like consummate their their emotional development that that developed during that night like that would be awesome i I would like yo whatever like that is a cool college experience if that's what was going on but you you have these awkward parties where people are huddling together for social warmth and consuming a ridiculous amount of alcohol before they can even converse with each other right we're talking about like binge drinking to the point where you to open yourself up to another human being and then hooking up with them and i'm telling you right now and i'll tell anybody who wants to hear it nobody is good at sex when they've had that much beer <laughs> nobody and you know and so they're having bad sex and it's just this grasping for intimacy and i don't understand like if it was good sex i can understand it <laughs> if it was just like oh my god orgasm after orgasm that would be one thing but i know these girls are having pretty mediocre sex with pretty drunk guys and I, it just boggles my mind. And then like, and people were glorifying that as girl power. It's like, oh, these women are empowered. And I'm like, they are empowered. Nobody's saying they're not empowered, but are they getting what they want? That's a totally different question. And I don't think women were getting what they wanted out of the cocoa culture, especially when I was in college. Um, and so, and I think what women want, and I think what men deep down want, and I, and I say this because I don't like to vilify men at all and I'm not trying to do that but is they want that intimacy that comes first before the sex is that they want to have you know are you having just as much of a hard time figuring out being 19 as I am are you homesick because I'm homesick like do you miss your family I'm I miss my family like I'm struggling with school I I don't know how I'm going to pass this semester like do you want to listen to me talk about school no because it's just this drunk numb fuck buddy situation that I can't imagine is fulfilling that need for intimacy that both parties have. It's, it's just fascinating that how significant these movies and, and TV shows all play into our role and yet nobody can answer that question. Can you name a relationship on TV or in movies or in books that you know has a relationship dynamic that you'd like to emulate for yourself? Mm-hmm. People can't answer that. So it's like people are just absorbing certain ideas and they're absorbing certain paradigms, but they're not quite sure where they're coming from. That's it for this week's show. Thank you to Holly, Laura, Danny, Maya, Audrey, Bruce, and the FMU girls for sharing so much. Our podcast artwork is from the Greg Finch, Greg Harrison, gregcircanow.com. I'm still working on a thank you for the marathon with Randy, but then he went on a last minute spring break trip. Something you may not know about this show is that a lot of my story ideas are being driven by feedback I get from listeners. More and more of you are having moments with your friends and saying, that would make a great story for YOY. That's why I wanna grow this network. I wanna expand the conversations our show is inspiring. So support the mission, write a review on iTunes or Stitcher, and um, it'll help discovery. Also, you can just email it to a friend. That really works. This is WFMU East Orange, WMFU Math Hope, and online, WFMU.org.